Hello, everyone, and welcome to Petite to Queen's Claim Your Career Crown podcast. I'm your host, Lynn, and today I'm joined by our superstar VP of Operations, Amanda. Hey, everyone. And our wonderful guest, Jennifer Turlick. Hi. So for everybody out there, don't mind if I read a little bit about Jennifer to share with you what and who she is. Jennifer is an entrepreneur. She's an author. She's a speaker. She is a career coach. Um, She's also the founder and CEO of Maker Kids. And Maker Kids started um, the first and largest market space for kids in the world. Wow. And it now she's running virtual programs, camps, parties, coding, uh, robotics, and Minecraft. So that's pretty, pretty cool. I love what you're doing there. And Jennifer, uh, in addition, this is what's so great for our audience today, is that Jennifer also offers career coaching services on topics including, but not limited to, career exploration, the job search process, resumes, and cover letters, interviewing and negotiations, that all-powerful negotiation. Uh, And you know what? She's helped so many of her clients. Um, She's gotten them into exclusive schools, incubator programs. Uh, She's helped them land jobs at companies like Google, P&G, and Kelson. So absolutely phenomenal. And in her forthcoming book, which is How to Figure Out What to Do with Your Life Next, (laughs) Jennifer shares a career design process she developed. So, and I'm all about the process and methodologies. It's really incredible what she's done. So what she's put together is its book is based on tested strategies and exercises, including quantified self decision thinking, lean methodology, one of my favorites, uh, self-discovery and more. So you've got to pick this up and Today, we're going to be talking about this second part of her life and how you can break out of the corporate world and pursue a career that you are passionate about. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Happy to be here. (laughs) Well, this is going to be fantastic. And for everyone who's or anyone who's joining us for their first time, uh, make sure you don't miss a single episode by subscribing to Claim Your Career Crown wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, while you're at it, you know what? Share the love and click all five stars. Okay, well, let's dive right in and find those careers that we just love to work. Um, you know, Jennifer, you founded Maker Kids to help kids grow their skills. So, how did you go from working for Procter and Gamble? Uh, to doing uh, to doing the DJing and then founding Maker Kids. I mean, it's like, what a journey. Oh, thanks so much. Well, yeah, so after university, I joined a large corporation and quickly found myself dissatisfied. I was falling asleep at like 6 p.m., but I couldn't figure out what to do next or what I might like better. I tried all sorts of career coaching, career tests, Um, But unfortunately, those had led me into this job that I didn't like. So I realized I needed to do something different. So I actually ended up applying for this competition to shadow an angel investor in Silicon Valley, which I'd heard a lot about. And I became a finalist. And they said, you can do your interview in person or virtually. 
And I knew I wanted to do it in person. And if I got the position that it would start shortly after. So I actually decided to quit my job to fly down and do the interview in person. I didn't end up getting the position, but I realized through that process that I really like this concept of shadowing. And I started cold emailing all these different founders, investors, and entrepreneurs to ask if I could meet with them and shadow them. So I was able to meet with or shadow some Stanford professors, founders of Airbnb, Square, and Kiva, and some investors as well. So it was a really powerful experience, and it helped me narrow down what I might be interested in. I was considering everything from starting to joining a for-profit or a nonprofit or being an author or investor. And it helped me realize through these different shadowing experiences that I wanted to start a for-profit business. Um, but what kind? Well, I actually was in a program based at NASA called Singularity University, where we learned about how to apply exponential technologies to grand challenge areas like poverty, water, and education. And I realized as Nelson Mandela said, education is the most powerful weapon that you can use to transform the world. And I realized if I was able to make an impact there, that might be able to help people make an impact on all those other areas like poverty and water and the environment. And so I realized I wanted to start something that took the lessons from Singularity University to kids. And that was how I got started with Maker Kids. And yeah, we started the first makerspace for kids in the world. And today we run virtual award-winning programs, camps and parties on coding, robotics and Minecraft that help kids build confidence, social skills, resilience, and a positive relationship with technology. Wow, that's incredible. Thanks. Yeah, no, that really is. I, th I think it's really amazing that you had the opportunity to um, shadow all of these different kinds of people and all different kinds of industries that they work in. Um, and I don't know, I've, I've always been a very curious person. I think it's really amazing to get to learn all these different kinds of skills and people and industries like that. So I think that's really amazing what you did. Thanks so much. Yeah. So most of us don't have quite such exciting career adventures. <laughs> How instead do so many people end up in corporate jobs that they aren't really passionate about? Well, it's interesting. I think that schools don't really necessarily teach how to find a career that's a great fit for you. Like that's a that's a really small focus of your overall education experience, but it's one of the most important questions. I mean, over 80% of people are dissatisfied with their work according to studies. And with that being the case, that leads to all sorts of health issues, relationship troubles, and also a productivity crisis, which costs corporate America uh, hundreds of billions of dollars per year. So it's really key to when you find yourself in a situation like that, if you're interested in making a change, to take the opportunity to do some reflection and a bit of a process for yourself about what you might like to do um, that could you know, be a good fit for what you like to do, what you're good at, what is able to make money for you, and also what helps the world. And in that way, if we have more people in alignment like that, we'll have more people tackling these global grand challenges and be able to create a better world. Yeah, I, I love what you just said about helping the world, because we use that um, a lot, you know, in the sense of everyone doing, you know, this one small part 
Um, but it's part of a really much huge, huge, huge uh, uh, solution. So that's terrific. Um, you know, I, I'm sort of curious um, because, uh, you know, for so many people, as you just mentioned, over 80 percent, you know, they're not, you know, passionate or maybe they even feel dispassionate about their positions. And this could be both in corporate America, <laughs> corporate world or in smaller business uh, positions. So why do you think that really is? Well, I think people might not be passionate because they might not be in a position that is at that intersection of what they like to do or good at and makes money and helps the world. They may have found themselves in something possibly kind of random, like in universities and a lot of schools, they kind of advocate this spray and pray approach which is about applying to basically anywhere that might take you and then taking on one of those positions. But what I'm recommending is a much more targeted approach where you really see not just who will take you, but what you're most interested in and then make yourself the best candidate for that position, role or company or company that you might want to start as possible. So that way you're not just ending up in something random, but you're ending up in something that you actually wanted and think could be a really good fit for you. Yeah, that yeah. that's that's uh, certainly really good advice. And I, I know that for me, I, my, I guess my first job was just definitely something where I got the job. But um, my second job also was just per chance. Um, but I ended up just loving, loving what I was doing, which was I got into sales and I ended up loving it. I loved it because I could help people. Um, and, uh, and that was amazing. And and it was just chance, right? So I think if you have a better vision and you can really get in tune with what's going on, you know, like, you know, really go through that process of you were talking about self-exploration that can help you find those positions that are going to really um, speak to, you know, your core values and your passions a lot faster than getting lucky. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a really good mix of, you know, creating and following your own process and then a healthy dose of serendipity. One of the professors from Stanford that I met with who taught career counselors how to do career counseling mentioned in one of his theories, the value of indecision in career choices, because then that can help lead to serendipitous outcomes where, you know, if you're somewhat indecisive, you might be more open or attuned to opportunities that come your way that could end up being a great fit. So I think it's a mix of an established process, whether that's someone else's process or ideally a process you've created for yourself, which I go into in the book, how to do that. And also serendipity. Yeah. 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 I love that. It's definitely true. So um, once we're already in the job, how can they break out of that corporate machi machine to pursue their passions? How do you know which of your passions are worth pursuing professionally, let alone go about actually achieving them? So I think it's a really good process of prototyping. That's the key. In the book, I outlined a career design process that I created that includes principles from quantified self, lean methodology, and design thinking. And so basically, as an overview, 
it starts with getting to know yourself. Any good design process starts with getting to know the user, which in this case is you because you're going to be the person in that career. And folks might say, oh, I already know myself. I live with myself every day. But have you identified things like your purpose, your core values, what you're looking for in a position? So I outline ways to get to know yourself and identify all those different things. And then once you've done that and made a list of what you're looking for in a position, you can identify all the different options that you might be considering and not rule any out at this point unless there's like some really clear red flags. Then once you've done that, it's time to identify what key minimum viable commitments you might try to see if you actually like those or not. And minimum viable commitments, as I define them in the book, are opportunities for you to see in a small way whether or not you might like career. And there's a spectrum that ranges from reading about magazine art, reading about them via magazine articles or online articles, which is obviously a low commitment experience, to doing informational interviews, to shadowing. And so you can start with uh, something small, like reading an article about each of the opportunities you're considering, and then get deeper into higher commitment levels, uh, such as informational interviews and shadowing with the opportunities that you think are most interesting. So in that way, you might be swimming with hundreds of different options, and you might have the not have the time to shadow at each of them, for example, but you can do something small, like read an article to see if you can narrow that down and then continue um, trying out different things and narrowing down your options and then maybe shadowing at a few key different ones you might be interested in. And then from there, you can rate your experiences against the criteria that you initially set out to figure out which ones you might be most interested in and then make yourself the best candidate for those. Yeah, definitely. I imagine it's kind of a combination of what you're interested in, but also what you're good at and maybe like the working style too. Like you might like a certain field, but maybe certain jobs aren't really good fit for your, your personality, your working style, the kind of schedule you want to have. So I imagine that um, doing that extra research can really help with narrowing it down in a lot of different ways. Yeah, for yeah. sure. When you set out your criteria, it could be, you know, anything like some ones that were important for me were how much I liked it, how good I was at it, how much money I could make at it, how much it helped the world, as well as, you know, size of team, casual versus formal environment, dress code, proximity from my house, work-life balance, all sorts of different criteria. Uh, but those might be different for everyone. So in that phase of getting to know yourself better, you can identify what those criteria are and then later rate your different experiences against them to figure out how each of the opportunities you're considering measure up to what you're looking for. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a great process so that you can, you know, explore and um, either confirm or, um, you know, sort of shelf some of the ideas. And I think it's also this uh, opportunity for self-discovery that something that you thought was really important to you, you realize, well, that's really not as important as I thought it was because this is more important. Absolutely. You can grade the different criteria that you're looking at on a weighted average manner. So perhaps you know, a certain aspect like size of team might be less important to you than something like how much you like the actual work or 
maybe it could be the opposite depending on who you are and what's most important to you. Mm-hmm. So bringing it back to your current role, how does Maker Kids help children discover and pursue their passions? And then later on, how does this kind of education prevent them from settling for mundane corporate roles? Yeah, it's a great question. So part of the reason I wanted to do Maker Kids was because I realized that according to research, childhood is the most transformative stage of life. It's kind of like a golf swing where if you make a small millimeter change at the outset of your swing, it can have a vast impact on the trajectory of where your shot ends up. So through our programs, we really try and teach them both technical skills as well as social emotional skills. Because in 2030, so according to some research from Dell, by 2030, 85% of the jobs that exist then don't exist today. So in nine years from now, 85% of the jobs will be new jobs that don't exist today. And so how do we prepare kids and learners for jobs that don't exist yet? And also um, with robots and AI becoming so much more prevalent, you know, how do we prepare ourselves for a future where robots will have taken a number of jobs. Well, it seems like the key jobs that will be important in that future are programming the robots and artificial intelligence and also contributing the social emotional skills that they lack. And so that's exactly what we are doing. We're teaching kids core skills in coding, robotics and Minecraft and using those as a tool to help them build confidence, resilience, social skills, and a positive relationship with technology, which we believe are the most important skills for going forward. And so we've seen kids start businesses, win prizes from NASA. We've also seen a number of positive mental health outcomes to the point where children's mental health professionals are referring kids to us because of the results that they've seen. We're actually starting some Uh, program specifically in that area and working on getting it researched and measured. Um, And I think it'll help prevent kids from settling for a job that they don't like because they'll have the confidence, skills, and opportunities that will enable them to create their own job or find a job they like. I kind of look at finding a great job as a pyramid where the bottom of the pyramid is confidence And then the next level up is skills. So once you have that confidence, you can develop skills. And then those skills enable you to reach the top level of the pyramid, which is opportunities. And so we're really trying to help kids realize at a deep level that they can do anything and they can do things that people, other people can use and they can make an impact. And then to develop the skills to be able to build opportunities for themselves or find and achieve opportunities for them to find a great career. Ah, well, that's amazing. You know, and here I am, I'm wearing my Kim Possible pin. She can nice. do anything. <laughs> so, uh, and I, I would assume that with Maker Kids uh, that you definitely encourage um, girls to be involved in these types of programs uh, to sort of break down those barriers for women going into the technical and science fields. Absolutely. Studies have shown that between ages 7 and 12 is a key time where kids decide whether or not they'll consider a future in STEM or write it off entirely. And that's especially true for girls. 
And the key is a positive experience with STEM. And that sort of decides whether or not they'll continue forward with it. And so that's what we're trying to provide. Instead of teaching them how to, you know, here's a class on how to make a loop, for example, which might sound kind of boring. It's, uh, okay, today we're coding video games. By the way, along the way, we're, we're learning how to make loops. But the kids get so excited and have so much fun, they don't even realize how much they're learning. But we try and make it really cool and fun. We have a lot of um, female leadership and role models and all our advertising includes a lot of um, females as well. And so we've seen tons of girls and um, yeah, we've seen tons of girls in our programs. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's absolutely so important for women to get more involved in the those STEM fields and to stay in them, um, mm-hmm. not only currently, but, you know, in the future. And uh, it's, uh, you know, those are great, great jobs. So, um, you know, this is all of this conversation has been really great. And I know we sort of got off on a tangent, but for our, our listeners out there, I, I'd love to have you provide them with some, you know, your sort of final thoughts or your top tips on how they can follow their dreams. And rather than, you know, wear those corporate confines, or I used to call it, you know, that banker suit straight jacket, <laughs> unless that's one of your dreams. <laughs> you know, how can they um, go out in the world and just, you know, do the things that just fill their soul with passion? I said allocate a certain amount of time, the amount of time will be different for everyone, but to allocate a certain amount of time, whether it's daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, or annually, to really revisiting and thinking about at a deep level what you want to do in your career, where you want to go next, and to develop your own process. I go into the book, um, in, in the book, how to develop your own process for figuring out your career. So to really think deeply about what you might want to do next and figure out what your process is going to be, approximately how much time you're going to devote to it and how long, so that you can then go through that and then come out the other side of it feeling like, okay, I've done that exploration. I've gone through the steps that I set out for myself. And now, you know, this is what I want to do. Really take it as an opportunity. Like if you're dissatisfied, that's an opportunity to think about what you might want to do next. And in the meantime, if you're currently still sticking with that opportunity while you find another one, to figure out ways to optimize it and to make it as good as you can and use it as an opportunity and a stepping stone to find your next role. Yeah. Yeah, that's I love that piece about introspection. Um and, uh, you know, the, the, the process uh, and uh, the, you know, just the discovery. Uh, and, you know, you could be in one position at a big corporation and you could, once you're in, you could explore other positions within an organization and discover that you'd really like to be in this type of department and doing this type of work. And uh, so uh, even, like you said, just sort of, um, you know, exploring what's, there and available or in your field in general and in other industries that's it's you know you just have to choose to uh dedicate some energy uh to this uh incredible journey absolutely 
Oh, well, Jennifer, and thank you so much for sharing how professionals can move away from their corporate life and into their own true calling. Um, what a great conversation. I know that our listeners are going to want to know where they can find out more about you. Oh, thanks so much. And thanks so much for having me. They can find out more about me at my website, jenniferturlick.com. That's T-U-R-L-I-U-K. They can also check out my book online, which is How to Figure Out What to Do With Your Life Next, available through Amazon and wherever books are sold. And they, if they want to check out Maker Kids, they can go to makerkids.com. That's M-A-K-E-R-K-I-D-S.com. And they can also follow me on social media at Jennifer Turlick, again, T-U-R-L-I-U-K. All right. And we'll be sure to include all of those links uh, for our audience uh, below in the post. So just check that out. And, uh, you know, this has been such a great conversation, Jennifer, Amanda, and for everyone out there, if you have ideas that you'd like to share, you can leave us a comment down below. We really do want to hear from you. And if you have a question or would like to suggest topics for us to cover on another amazing podcast like this one, you can email us at join the conversation at petitequeen.com. And of course, you know, if you want to stay current on all of our amazing content, that's these uh, claim your career crown podcasts, our resources, our articles, everything we do, you can sign up for our, our weekly wisdoms at petitequeen.com. So everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. Jennifer, Amanda, thank you so much. This has been an amazing episode. Thank you so much.